Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. Hello out there, all you wrestling maniacs, all you nostalgia-holics and hardcore members of the IWC, and all you casual fans who like your pro wrestling on the TV. Thank you for downloading the WrestleManiacs podcast. My name is Alex Ketchum, and as always, I'm here with the man with the plan, produced Bob Wick. Bob, how you doing? We're going to get down today, baby. Indeed we are. WrestleMania 15 yeah. is on the menu today. And also with us is the captain of Keeping It Real, Jake Russell. What up, though? And a big Detroit green to all you WrestleManiacs out yeah. there. Hope your week is going well. We had a good one. The show went well for me with the uh, sketch show we did. Decent exposure. Got a lot of good reviews. Very funny. Very good show. Thank you. Thank you. I also got to catch part of the uh, I Ain't No Joke because we were backstage getting dressed. Sounded like that went really well, too. You had a big crowd. Yeah, it was was fun. Yeah, uh, surprising crowd that uh, came out. They were all, I think they were all college students. None of them were drinking, so... Yeah, they were freshmen or sophomores, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> That's but, cool. Yeah. Hey, no, it was cool, but just random. But yeah, fun nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can promote something I'm doing uh, next week, uh, the lovely ladies of the Homance Chronicles—they're uh, two girls who do a podcast about their their you know. We have our bromance. They have their homance. It's when two girls are just best buds uh, and their adventures. So uh, they're doing a live show to celebrate, I believe, their second anniversary. And I'm going to be a guest. So I'm, oh, I'm, cool. I'm going live at Trick Season, Hamtramck, uh, March 19th. Oh, it's a Thursday. Shit. Yeah, That'd be cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I've, I've been on their show a couple of times. They're awesome. They're, and I do listen to their show like all the time. They're just really fun to listen. They're a fun listen. So. The Homance Chronicles? Homance Chronicles. I like that name. That's a good name. Yeah. Yeah, they're well. Kudos to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to guys get to it? We're going to talk about WrestleMania yeah. 15. I think this was, as Jake, you mentioned, it was a, one of the first WrestleManias we've had that from start to finish was, I think, pretty good. Yeah. It was the first, I guess, full attitudinal WrestleMania, I'd say. Like, yeah. We're deep in the attitude era now, and there's a lot of different storylines going on. Oh, yeah. you can totally see the difference, too. Like, this is, this is new. This is, uh, where we're, this is where we're going from now on. Yeah, yeah. there were stakes for everything. Yeah. Right? Like, you could tell, like, like, a lot of the matches weren't just thrown together just, just to uh, have some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, it was pretty good. I completely agree. It felt like every aspect of the show was thought about and put together to the best of their ability. I'll, I'll say that way because I don't agree with all the choices they made, but at least it it felt like they actually gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about what you just said. Like, yeah, like, yeah. There's a lot of choices. There's, there's quite a few choices. I mean, <laughs> there's quite a few choices I don't agree with. This WrestleMania, but yeah. yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. The, out of most of them, this is a thought out, a well thought out one, for the most part. As yeah. far as booking, overall booking, yeah, yes. booking, yes. Uh, Not now, like storyline, storylines, or certain <laughs> things that happen. Not so much, yeah. Uh, but as improvisers, we're taught like make bold choices and just go with it. And 
I can honestly say they did. I think that's safe to say. Yeah, there were some bold choices made. Bold choices. <laughs> this Smart choices and bold it, choices. Not, not exactly the same. One particular thing. choice would have got their ass shut down <laughs> if they'd done that in this era. But anyway, we'll get to that. This is going to be we, fun. We'll get to that one later. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. All right, so just to get us started, we did have a couple of things in the, the uh, Sunday Night Heat. So this is back when they're doing a show on MTV called Sunday Night Heat, and it's kind of like a last-ditch effort to get people to buy the pay-per-view. So they, they will go over the card, and they'll have a few matches. It's kind of like the kickoff show is yeah, nowadays. Yeah, it was on MTV? Yep. Yes, yeah. Back when they had their uh, the New York restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, the WWE. It, was, so it wasn't on USA, because I can remember watching on USA. I thought it was. It could have been either or, for real. I or, think it started on MTV and maybe switched to. They might have had it on USA. Some of the show, some of the pre-shows, I think, were on USA, but I think eventually it became like a regular MTV deal. Uh, uh I don't know. Because uh, I, I do remember it being on MTV, but I don't know. Whatever. Fuck it. I'm fucking I think this on MTV up. when they had the restaurant, and when they lost the restaurant, they moved it back over to. Or I don't know if there was a correlation between there or not. It just That's what it felt like. No right. brain. Well, the only key point from the Heat episode was that they had a battle royal. And the battle royal was going to have two winners. And the two winners of said battle royal would then team up later on in WrestleMania to take on the tag team championship. Champions, which would be Owen Hart and Jeff Jarrett. That's the only thing you got to know. The guys who win or won were D'Lo Brown and Test. Not friends. They just got thrown together. So that was like the, a little off-putting, yeah. but... Regardless, I think that was probably like the least thought out thing they had. Yeah. Right? So they we did, did well together, though. Yeah. They did pretty well together, you know. But, yeah. Um, I like maybe, D-Lo. Maybe we should talk about. Boys to men? Boys to men, yeah. At this era, they were just men. They were just men. Uh, and this is, <laughs> this is still the, the four the four boys to men. It is like now it's only three guys, right? It used to be four. This is when they still had four. Yeah, the one guy, um, I forget his name, but the one who had the cane, he had to retire. My damn, yeah. he had to retire because of the uh, back issues and stuff. Oh, that sucks. So a lot of people keep saying, like, he's dead. Like, no, nah, he ain't dead. He's just retired. <laughs> they do that to a lot of singers, man. Yeah, if, you, like, if you don't sing it for a couple of weeks, they're like, you oh, dead. he must be dead. You dead. <laughs> he must be dead. <laughs> must be dead. Now. One, it's weird. This is this has nothing to do with wrestling, but it was weird. Like I be watching a lot of crime shows and shit, and um, I was watched um, <laughs> watch a lot of Oxygen. This <laughs> fucking and uh, this is a show called Snapped C- Killer Couples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <John. laughs> no. I know this, I love the show. It's great. Yeah, Snapped Killer Couples, and <laughs> they did an episode on this guy who was um. Who was in Boys and Men before they blew, before they blew up? Oh no! Like he quit. Like like he had a kid. He he wanted to just be a good uh, father to his kid, and so he quit. And right before Boys and Men blew up, like right when they got discovered, like they got discovered, and then right when uh they're about to like do their first album, or whatever. He just he 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 quit the group to raise his kid, raise his kids, and. He, like he lost out, like he regretted and shit and all that, oh, and yeah. then eventually he wound up <laughs> mur- murdering someone. Murdering someone, <laughs> being involved in the murder. He didn't murder someone, but he conspired with it. It had a lot to do with it, so he went in jail. But like, yeah, 
That's not uh, being a good father. People, he was, he was, <laughs> it's not being a good father at all. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, uh, I just watched that. Yeah, that, that, that was weird. So I thought it was a little weird to see Boys to Men on WrestleMania yeah. in 1999. Yeah, that's that's a few years after they were popular. I mean, you can just tell Vince great. was there. And he's like, and the, and the, "Have you heard of this? This boys to men. And the, we need to get him on here." In the, the attitude era, I like that. two things: South Park and doo wop. And I'm gonna have both of them <laughs> in this wrestling. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Philly. It's Philadelphia. We gotta get boys to men. Uh, it's Philadelphia. <laughs> Oh god! I, I think Philadelphia makes you put boys and men into this shit when you record there. You could have had Beanie Siegel at least or something like that. Well, Beanie Siegel won't do the national anthem. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like I'm thinking of Philly artists that that Will Smith that, that fit that, that fit the that fit the attitude era. The oh, attitude era. That's true. That's true. That that's a good point. Because boys and men was getting booed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bet if you're from Philly, you hear those guys all the time, like just because they're on the corner trying to make a couple bucks or something, like just <laughs> that's everywhere, motherfucker. Could it, I don't know. I got nothing. I think I think the OJs would have been a little edgier. I like the OJs. <laughs> the OJs would have been a lot edgier for this man. Could have performed well, um for the it, love of money. Yeah. Boom. But and, and get some Isaac Hayes in there. He's already sitting. Isaac Hayes was there. Why not him? Right? Because he's not from Philly. Yeah. But everybody loved chocolate salty balls. It was like number one. Chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Why you say it like that? <laughs> everybody likes the chocolate salty balls. No, it man. was a popular song. It was uh, uh, catchy <laughs> and it was uh, finger snapping, enjoyable. You know Vince loved it. <laughs> Balls. Should have performed the Shaft theme. Should have did that. That would have been sweet. Who is the man? <laughs> All right. Anyway. All right. So uh, I do want to also mention that we had we opened up with like the nice promo. I think this is the first year they called WrestleMania the Showcase of the Immortals, which I think is a cool tagline. I, I did like the tagline. And I did like the, the vignette with uh, Freddie. Yeah, I got yeah, it hit me in the feelings a little bit. That one got me. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing that just thinking about like what he's seen and it, like I think they did a really good job with this one. And I know they did something similar to it. I think maybe the WrestleMania before where it had him and Gorilla and stuff like that. But just him sitting there, I don't know something about that. It really got me. I liked it. Yeah, I really liked this one too. I thought it was really good. It did a good job of capturing like the whole history of wrestling and the WWF. And it was awesome. Um, and then we started off with what is current WWF at the time, the hardcore title, which is iconic for the Attitude Era. It became more of a joke title at the end, but right now it's still like a serious belt of contention. And the best part is like, I loved so much how it was literally the old broken winged eagle belt. Like they just pulled it out of like the closet because it was already broken. They put some tape on it and wrote hardcore with a Sharpie on the tape. Mm-hmm. And it was like a fake present to Mick Foley. But he loved it so much, it became like this huge deal. And now we have uh, three guys. Billy Gunn is the current hardcore champion. He's taking on Hardcore Holly and Al Snow in the opener. And I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good match. I, I did not I loved it, man. I did not realize the hardcore belt was the, 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 the eagle belt. I never heard that story either. Yeah. And so if you look at it. Like, the new, the, like, the, like the new generation belt, that one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that was... Yeah, it, so it, it had gotten broken when Sean had it, I think. Mm. And 
about the time Stone Cold got the belt, they were like, well, this one's broken anyways. Let's just, we make the new belt, right? So they have yeah. like their current title. And that one's just kind of disappeared. And all of a sudden it just popped back up just with tape over it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and they just put tape on it to try and but, fix it. I mean, that says a lot, a lot about Foley as a wrestler. Uh, I think that's what makes the difference between a good wrestler and a great wrestler or a superstar. You can take a, you know, lack of a better term, a shitty bit or whatever and turn it into gold, you know? And he's done it with all the faces of mankind, nailed it, uh, takes this title that, that was kind of like a, a goof and made it into something important. Yeah. I think it's something you see Chris Jericho do a lot today. He's oh, very good at it. Like the list. The yeah. Like it was literally just he made all these catchphrases like money, and just by doing, just by sticking with it. And he was so he's so popular that it's cool that he does it. Whatever he does, he can turn anything into gold. And Mick Foley was very much like that level of popularity then. He has like the book. I, I still have his book. It's one of my favorite books of all time. But yeah, he was so over that anything he did was important. So now we have this new title. It was really entertaining. And we have Hardcore Holly get the win, which I'm very glad for. If you haven't read his book, it's really good. Hardcore Holly um, had the t- worst gimmick ever. Thurman Sparky Plug. Yeah. STP. <laughs> S- yeah, STP. STP. Has uh, a sponsor. He got a f- free race car out of it, so, I mean, it wasn't all bad. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> But, I mean, so he finally becomes Hardcore Holly, and he gets the win here, wins the title for the second time. He beats Al Snow with Head and Billy Gunn, which I was glad to get Billy Gunn out of the Hardcore title. He didn't really fit that group so well, I didn't think. I agree. I agree. Plus, I like the New Age Outlaws. They were just a great tag team, and separately, they just were never as as good, right? No, they kind of needed each other. And, honestly... When the outlaw music came on, and I and I didn't hear uh, Road Dog, I was oh, you didn't out. know? Yeah, yeah. But they when it's when Billy comes out by himself, you don't get that. Oh, you didn't know? It, it bummed me out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like the crowd does it for you, but it's not the same. Not the same. No one will ever do as good as Road Dog. Um, yeah, man, that's, that that entrance alone just got like was just money. Like I loved it. Oh, even to this day. I think that's like one of the top entrants. Like, I don't know. Like, New Day does it pretty well as well. But they do a great job. Yeah, they do a great job. But I, I think Road Dog did it best. He did it first. You know, you know how many times I got in trouble for saying <laughs> in school, "Your ass would have called somebody." <laughs> oh, so many times. Fuck. I would have loved a recording of little Jake do that. Y'all better call somebody. My, nigga, my, my voice was deep back then. Y'all better call somebody. I, I never sound like that. Oh, I've Jake. never sound like that. Uh, what kind of juice you have? I don't sound like Josh. I don't sound like that. Oh. I don't that's sound like that's that. a good point. I don't, I don't sound like that. Hey, buddy. I never sound like that. Anyway, yeah. All right, well, up next we got the tag team titles. It's Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart, which were surprisingly a good team. Uh, Owen Hart was just so good at everything he did. And then they have Deborah, not dressed in much and looking mighty fine as her, their big – I never got, though, when she would wear, like, the bikini, 
Because like they would always use a distraction. She would like undo her blouse and show the puppies, if you will. And that would distract like their opponents. But when you come out dressed like that, like there's nothing like that. It's there's no reveal. It's there. Mm-hmm. So you you lose the distraction. But luckily, they're fighting a team that's not really a team. And D'Lo Brown and Test. So not really much happened here. Like I I do think Jeff Jarrett and Owen Hart are kind of underrated as far as a good tag team. I thought they were actually really good together. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, great workers. Also, an underrated uh, shirt. Don't uh, piss me off. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Man. I wanted that shirt. But in the guitar shape, it was good. Don't I liked piss it. me off. Don't piss me off. Nah. somebody. No. Nah. Amber was watching like, the first part of this WrestleMania with me. She actually did call that out. She's like, does his shirt say, don't piss me off? And I was like, yep. And it's in a guitar shape because he hits you with a guitar. And then she went upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yep, all right. Don't uh, piss me off. <laughs> we should. I know we should do a WrestleMania where she watches it. It just writes down all her questions, and then we have to read them out loud during the podcast. Like, oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, she I did. She kind of laughed at the head. She thought head was funny. I when I when when I was younger, I used to love Al Snow's uh, interest music. What do we want? Head. What, what do it? we need? Head. What does everybody love? Yeah. Is there a connection with the job squad with that? Like job? Like blow job? Oh. <laughs> oh. Is, oh. That, is that the connection? No. Uh, the job squad was just when they were trying to break the, 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 the rules a little bit and peek behind the curtain calling somebody who lost all the time a jobber. So it was him and Bob Holly and Scorpio because all they did was lose. But that that's a missed opportunity because that have been hilarious. Yeah. Who wants oh, a job? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. That would, yeah. That's, I didn't, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, no, me neither. I didn't put those two together. I'm usually pretty good with the innuendos. Damn. I'll tell you what somebody else didn't think about. How bad it would hurt if you got punched in the fucking face by Butterbean. Oh, yeah. So was that a real boxing match? Yes. Yeah, it was it real. Was. He got knocked <laughs> the fuck out. Bart Gunn has won the brawl for it all, which is one of the worst ideas in wrestling history where we're going to get guys out there and have them fight for real in more of a tough man competition where you can do takedowns and you have 10 ounce gloves and it's boxing with like takedowns basically. I get why they wanted to try to do this. Cause this is when UFC is very popular. And I remember like during this time there was like fight man competitions all over. I don't know why, but like it was just like something. It was a popular gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And it felt like they were going on every weekend, like come to Kubo hall. We're going to, you know, get people to fight each other. It's also like back when backyard wrestling was like popular and stuff. Like people just wanted to see blood and stuff. Oh man, backyard wrestling! Oh my goodness, that was the shit. I was a backyard wrestler. For real? Of course you were. Yeah. Why are you surprised by this? Brian Anarchy with my name. It was awesome. We had a real ring. It was fucking great. (laughs) Did you get seriously injured? No, I didn't. Uh, I stopped though because I was still in high school and we were playing football, and I didn't want to get injured before football season. So. Oh, okay. That's smart. But yeah, it was a lot of fun though. We only had like four or five matches, but like the ring was like sixteen by sixteen. It was cool. Put it all together, and then we go out there and wrestle. This dude's front yard. <laughs> In his front yard. In his front yard. It was front yard wrestling. That's classier than backyard. Wow. Wrestling. <laughs> People would sometimes stop and just get out to cars and watch. <laughs> Dyersburg, Tennessee, baby. Woo. 
Um, I know your mom hated that shit, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Uh, <laughs> um, so we had Butterbean versus Bart Gunn. The Bart Gunn has won the WWF's Tough Man competition. So they're going to put him in the ring with a guy who is a super heavyweight champion in boxing and just a bad, bad man. The king of the three-round fights, Butterbean. He outweighs Bart Gunn by probably 100 pounds. Oh, at least. And yeah. they've changed the rules now, so there's no more takedowns. It's just a straight boxing match. So Bart Gunn is not in a good situation here. Luckily, he wasn't in it very long. About a minute and 45, about one minute or so. If you include it, like him walking to the ring, maybe. <laughs> the, uh, it say 35 seconds. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I got it right here, 35 seconds. But in reality, it's two punches. Like he did some body work, but it, he punched him in the head twice, and both times were, were well. One was a knockdown, one was a knockout. Oh man, that's like, boom, and that boom. knockout blow, like Butterbean, like ducked his head and put every oh, ounce yeah. of his body weight behind his fist, and and Bart Gunn blocked it with his face. Yeah, he, he had his he had his hand down. Like, something weird about Butterbean for a, for a short guy, he had great reach. Yeah, like, he had really long like arms. it was his. His body's kind of like tricky because they're misleading because like his arms are were longer than they supposed to be I guess like it didn't didn't look proportional so he had this crazy reach and he was able to throw a lot into that punch because it came low and it went up high and it went fast he and he had all that weight and and built all that momentum inertia this man, oh, man. Bart Gunn just took it I mean took right it. on the chin. Mm. That would, he, knock, that would knock anybody out. You see, like his body goes limp on the way down, and then his head bounces off that bottom rope. Yeah, just, right in the neck. Mm, it looked bad. I remember watching this live with my friends, and everybody just went, oh! Yeah. Kind of like the crowd in Philadelphia did. And then everybody got real quiet because they thought he might be dead. So we think a guy's dead, which is going to be a theme of this WrestleMania. And out comes the Cincinnati chicken or whatever, or whatever that dude is. Who is that? <laughs> it was the, Cincy, the San Diego San chicken. San Diego chicken, yeah. Because we're in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Geography. I, I, mm. <laughs> I just don't. I, what the fuck is that chicken doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like. He comes out and dances, and then he gets punched by the, the referee of the match, who was also a famous boxer, the Tasmanian Devil. Um. I remember his nickname, but I can't remember his actual name. But he was the Tasmanian Devil, was like his ring nickname. So he punches the chicken out because we got to lighten the mood yeah, because Bart Gunn is. He hits him in the jaw just like Bart got hit. So it's basically a, a parody of what just happened. Yeah. They had some. T- I think it was just to fill some time because they thought that match was going to be longer. <laughs> and it was 35 seconds. And they're carrying Bart Gunn out. He does not look good. He has no idea where he is. And that was basically a nail in the coffin on his boxing and wrestling career. Which sucks, because he, he looked good. I mean... It's unfair to him that they did that. It's just, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, they took... The brawl for an all was a terrible idea. Everybody got injured. And then he got his career just... Wiped away. <laughs> with a concussion. Um, and his tag team... Or his former tag team partner comes out as Mr. Ass, and he makes bank. So, how fair is that? Yeah, right. Meanwhile, Billy Gunn is doing great. Um, up next, we have a match with some more stakes. That's for the whoever wins this match is going to be the referee for the main event. So it's Mankind versus the Big Show, 
And as we talked about last week, the big show is kind of working for Mr. McMahon as like his incompetent giant badass. Um, he fights McFoley. I thought the maybe it was a decent match, but it's the, basically they just ended it because the big show gets angry, so he gets disqualified because he picks mankind up and choke slams him through two steel chairs. And that bump looked rough. Yeah. So the problem is now that Mankind's going to be the head referee in the main event, but he's going to go to the hospital because he just got choked slammed through two chairs. But Mr. McMahon is very upset, so he slaps the big show, and the big show punches him, knocks him out, which would become his finishing move like late years later in wrestling, right? The, yeah, the big The, the big, big fist. Yeah, the big fist. I thought McMahon did a good job selling it. I mean, he just... He, he looked like Bart Gunn. He just went down. <laughs> so we got two knockouts on this show so far. Three if you count the chicken. <laughs> Three if you count the chicken, which I do not. <laughs> Sold it better than Sean selling Mike Tyson's punch last year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well anyway. done. Um, so that's the situation. The main event now has no special referee because Mick Foley has to go to the hospital. And the big show has been arrested for punching Mr. McMahon. Because assaulting a man gets you thrown in jail. Murdering someone, as we'll see later, there's no consequences. It's Philly. It's Philly. <laughs> All right, so up next we got the IC title. Road Dog is our champion, and he's got we're in a four-way elimination match against Goldust with the Blue Meanie and Ken Shamrock's sister, and Val Venus and Ken Shamrock himself. Like, not all the stories in Attitude Era were great. This one was kind of, the road dog didn't have any tie to the sister, but basically Val Venus had had sex with her and videoed it in a shower, and then Ken Shamrock got mad at him, and then he broke up with her because he's a porn star and doesn't want a girlfriend. So now she's in a weird three-way with the gold dust, who's androgynous, and the blue meanie, who is just a out-of-shape weirdo. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> it's done you. Not there. much to add to that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and uh, this is a weird match because uh, it was supposed to be a four-way elimination match, but um, they're doing tags. They're tagging each other in. Yeah, and it was like it didn't make sense. They all should be in the ring at the same time, beating each other asses. But you know, it was, it was a tag. They're tagging each other in. It was, it was stupid. I didn't get it. Yeah, this should be a royale, not a not a tag match. Yeah, because I was uh, this is a tag team match. Or is it, I, I, didn't, I didn't understand what it was. Yeah, because what would be your, like you were saying, like what would be your, your motivation to tag someone in when you want to get the, the pin? Well, see, yeah, that's the thing. It was like an elimination match, so you wouldn't want to be in there. You'd want to just stay on the outside till the end. Oh, yeah, that too. Like why would you want to get tagged yeah, in? Yeah, it was elimination. But, I don't know, it's stupid. it was stupid. I don't know. But, um, the road, the road dog, dog wins. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. So that was good. Heck, Bob, I mean, he's... Ken Shamrock is arguably his biggest star as the Road Dog, but Val Venus and Goldust aren't doing too much right now. Although I was a fan of Val, I thought Val Venus was 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 good. I liked the character. I thought it was funny at times. And yeah, I mean, in this era, like he was perfect for these. Exactly what they're trying to do: make it more sexual, make it more. Hello, yeah. ladies. Come on with the towel. <laughs> it's so gross. It was so weird, but it was. Okay. Anywho. Road Dog remains your IC champion. 
And we'll see what happens on Monday Night Raw with that guy and that belt and if he's going to go back to being a tag team or not. Because we have DX, who's sans China, because she sold out to the corporation. So now we have the leader of DX, Triple H, taking on Kane. Now, we talked about it last week. Kane shot China in the face with the fireball. It was the best fireball they've ever used in WWF. <laughs> it shot straight out like a bottle rocket and had it her looked, right in the face. Yeah, it looked amazing. Um, but yeah, Triple H got mad because... That's the one part of the story I didn't really get. He got mad that Kane hit her with a fireball, but she was on Kane's side. So, like... Because he still loves her. He still cares. He still cares. Oh. Everything's a three-way in this fucking era. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll be honest. There's been better better Kane matches. There's been better Triple H matches. There wasn't... This is okay. They didn't... wasn't bad. This is just to get to the, you know, the other, like... The end of this match was important for what happened next. For, like, you know, the... The storyline. Yeah, the storyline, yeah. Oh, let's just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about... Like, there was nothing about the match that really highlights, you know? Yeah. It was, it was, it was an okay match. China gets up there with the chair. Uh, you think she's about to help Kane, but she screws Kane over and helps Triple H win the match, pretty much. Well, actually, no, nah, uh... They lost the match. Actually, no. Triple H lost the match because it was qualification. But, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's another thing. Um, although this WrestleMania is uh, pretty good, they still doing the disqualification bullshit. Still doing that. Yeah. This is your – This is – That's the second or third disqualification on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no more disqualification. Stop. There needs to be a winner every match. There should be a winner. But, anyway – they should put a rule like, if it's about to be a disqualification, like uh, whoever whoever is going to win via disqualification could say no. Like, uh, no, I don't want that win. I want to win this way. Like, I know that that would totally negate them ever using that again, and that's kind of the purpose why I want to pitch that because I'm kind of tired of seeing disqualifications. It's not as bad as it was during like the Hogan era where everybody was getting disqualified and counted, counted out yeah. and all the other bullshit, but it's still it's not satisfying. And now that they're talking about, you know, we might have to be paying for pay-per-views again or, you know, if they if they start doing that, I don't want to pay for that. Mm. You know, I'm not paying 30 bucks to to almost watch a match. I want to see a match, you know. Exactly. Show me the whole story. I don't want to see half that shit. Well, well, they really, said, they, oh, they're gonna start talking about having pay for pay per views again. Well, I I don't know the details. I just read articles here and there, and like it's all rumor and innuendo right now. Um, I don't know if it would be an actual pay per view, but they're looking at like something like uh, Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, it would be free. But they're talking about other streaming networks like uh, HBO or you know some other things because I don't think that I, McMahon wants to make money. And since he's basically giving away his pay-per-views on the streaming service, um, he's not making as much money as he possibly can. Uh, there's also been talk of doing different tiers as far as the, the actual WWE streaming service. So what? like what we pay for now, like the 10 bucks a month will get us all the old content, but won't give us the pay-per-view. So it might be $12. So an extra $2 a person. Like, and, and nothing's in stone yet. No one's really came out and talked about it. This is just all rumor. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Same old story. <coughs> Inflation, capitalism, all that bullshit. Anyway, yeah. yeah so, uh, where we leave off at? Oh, Triple H. Triple H in China. China. So China's back with DX apparently, but um, and don't forget the chicken is back. Oh yes. And we find out that the chicken was in fact Pete, Pete Rose. Rose. And Pete Rose gets his annual tombstone from Kane. I love. And I, I loved love it. it. That, I that love was it. great. I, I love it. It is a dumb bit, but something about it cracks me up. Yeah, I'd, actually, I really did enjoy it. <laughs> I love Pete Rose getting tombstoned. <laughs> it makes no sense, but it's great. <laughs> I, and I, I loved it later, years later, when they're doing like the Daniel Bryan Kane gimmick, where uh, they're doing anger management. And Kane is sitting in this circle, and he's like, well, introduce they, this weird doctor's like, introduce yourself, Kane. He's like, well, my name is Kane, and I grew up apart from my brother who raised by a man in captivity that was actually my father who had an affair with my mother. So my half-brother and I are somewhat friends and sometimes enemies. I thought I was burned, and he goes, I have an unhealthy obsession with Pete Rose. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Man, he used the whole buffalo on that bit. I love yeah. it. I love it. <laughs> he just went in. <laughs> it was great. That would be a great like like animated series, like the the superstar's therapist. Like, tell me about and they have to do the whole backstory of their character. That's, he did. He, that Kane awesome. does. Kane, that That's would a be a, that would be a good cartoon, just Kane, just <laughs> all his hijinks, his whole story. And then um every episode he tombstones Pete Rose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you just see Pete Rose like getting his mail and like getting snuck. Kane's like sneaking up on him. <laughs> Kane and Pete, I love it. Oh god. <laughs> Kane and Pete. The adventures of Kane and Pete. Ray, uh, racing hell. Raising Kane. Yeah. No. <laughs> the big red machine. What's the next match? Holy shit. Um, so after that, after the tombstone to Pete, we got a, just a terrible women's title match. I'm sorry. I, it was just not great. Women's wrestling is so good these days, and this was just and in Sable's defense. She wasn't a wrestler. Wasn't a wrestler. She She's wasn't a, supposed to be a wrestler. She ballet. never planned on it. Yeah, she wasn't trained to wrestle. She wasn't supposed to be wrestle. Vince Russo put her out there just because she was popular. And there's other ways that Miss Elizabeth was very popular, and there was ways they used her that was very effective, and had nothing to do with her getting into the ring. True, you could have found better ways. There was better ways. She's wrestling Tori, who I there's been like five Tories in wrestling. I don't know which one this was. It just wasn't great. Nicole Bass comes out from the Howard Stern show because Vince Russo loves Howard Stern. And she is like a six-foot-something giant, I guess. Bodybuilder. Bodybuilder. But, again, not a wrestler. Not a wrestler. New. And and she's on the Howard Stern show. She was interesting because she's a unique person. But that doesn't come through in her uh, wrestling character. So... I mean, wrestling is acting, and she's not an actress. It was. The, the, the only entertaining part was when she's got Tori up over her head, right, in the Gorilla Plast Slam, and you just hear, like, from the crowd, one guy go, show me your penis. Oh, no. Oh, God. It made me laugh. I know it's not appropriate, but it was just, it just, I thought it was I'm just, hilarious. 
God rest his soul. I'm just glad Bobby the Brain Heenan wasn't on the mic during that time because he. <laughs> I mean, I think about the stuff he said about Luna Fashan. Like her coming out there would have been a totally different. Whoa. God bless. Yeah, I bless. Bobby Heenan would have had a field day. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't replay it. No, no, they'd have to cut all that out. Um, and then finally, we got the European title, which again, there's a lot of belts in this era. Uh, it's X Pac versus Shane with the Mean Street Posse, who has better seats than Isaac Hayes. <laughs> Old Pete Gas and Rodney are sitting. Shane's favorite, Pete Gas. <laughs> <laughs> that still makes me laugh. I've been laughing about that all week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Motherfucker <laughs> named Pete Gas kicked my ass up. <laughs> take every pill. <laughs> take every pill in my medicine cabinet. Uh, so the Mean Street Posse and Shane McMahon uh, beat X Pac because Triple H and China get involved. Um, X basically DX is done. Triple H and China are now with the corporation, and DX has fallen apart. The crowd is very upset. I will say I think this was one of Shane's earlier, if not his first, like full match. I guess he had to win the title at some point, but yeah. he hadn't been wrestling very long. I thought he did a good job. They had a good match. One thing about Shane, um, Shane, every time he wrestles, he always got some some dog ass footwear on. Man, he always got some good sneakers on. I couldn't tell what Nikes he had on in this match, but they're pretty dope. Like I, they, they, I think it was some type of like Zoom Nike technology or something with that sneaker. But like, he, they, they were pretty fresh. But he, Chain usually got some like some cool Jordans on or some type of Nike basketball shoe, but uh, yeah, those yeah. So get points from me from that Shane for the, the cool sneakers. Yeah. I'm, I always remember the um, he's wearing the Air Jordan Three, True Blue Air Jordan Threes, um, when he faces uh, Dad uh, in a couple WrestleManias later in a, um, those qualification match. Um, it was pretty dope, but. We'll talk about that when we get to that mania. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with wrestling, but, yeah, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Pete Gas had some good loafers on. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he had some cool Crocs. <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we also didn't get to see the Coast from Coast. So he, he probably hasn't perfected that one yet. No, I think – in this era, I, I believe Shane is kind of still new. And yeah. while he did put up my good fights and things, I always kind of misunderstood, like, was under the, I always felt like it should be this way. He's not a wrestler. So he can do some things, but he's going to get his ass whooped as soon as like somebody gets their hands on him. Right? Because right. it's like, a, you know, when you're a manager, Bobby Heenan never threw a punch. Or if he did, it never hurt nobody. And if he took a punch, he just went flying because he wasn't a wrestler. So when Shane would be competitive, it took me a while to get over that. It was like, no, he should be like a manager, like, you know, getting beat up like a manager would because he's not a. That'd make complete, yeah, that's more, that would make way more sense. But in the end, I mean, Shane did have some great stuff later on. I mean, so he, he earned his stripes, I guess. Uh, the Mean Street Posse did not. Or they took some chair shots from the Acolytes, but that's about it. Speaking of Acolytes and the Ministry of Darkness, they are up next in a Hell in a Cell match that most uh, people like to forget. Uh, no. <laughs> this is, this is going to be fun. All right, oh, so man. we have the Big Boss Man versus the Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell match. Two villains were fighting each other, and people really didn't know what to do 
except for like the Undertaker fans who are just going to cheer him no matter what, even though he is speaking in tongues and worshiping the devil. And <laughs> Paul Bear is with him. Yeah. I still love Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. He loses his shit. Uh-huh. Uh, so the match was just awkward. Like the can- the handcuffs broke. Everything that could go wrong did. They both bled. I literally forgot this was a Hell in a Cell. I just don't. I don't remember. I don't put this in my Hell in a Cell library when I think of those matches. Well, I think you said like when we were talking off air, you said it was really cool that at least the big boss man got an opportunity, and I agree. But because of his, because everything the the story didn't uh, because of the way the story was set up. It wasn't an apples to apples match, right. you know. You have two angry, or evil factions: uh, the the corporation and the the brood or whatever. The ministry. The ministry. Uh, Undertaker's the top man. He's like the 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 final boss. Big boss man is like kind of the underling. He's like the guy beneath the guy beneath the guy. He's not. He's a stormtrooper. He's not Vader, you know. And it should be that kind of fight. It should be. A man guy versus a man guy, or it should be someone of boss man's caliber in that in that group versus him, and and Undertaker just ringside or something. I know, agree. Overlooking, you know. Yeah, it was weird that like yeah, the top boss from one group would be fighting like the number two or three in the other group, and it was so just by that it felt predictable, you know, because if boss man were to win, he doesn't really win much, you know. They're, it, 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 I don't know. I just didn't find the story that intriguing because it just felt so paint by numbers. Yeah, but I mean, again, I, I was really, I'm really happy for this run the boss man has. I thought he was a great. I loved like the SWAT gear stuff, and he won. He wins a few different titles. He was, he was a good. He was a great member of the corporation as far as it made sense for Vince to hire this guy to like, protect him because he's a former cop and a badass. Yeah. But this match was just not that great. And then it, it gets worse because the brood, who is now part of the ministry, shoots down from the rafters because they're vampires and can do that. And they land on top and cut a hole in the top of the cage. And then they drop a rope down through it. I think shooting down is an over-exaggeration. They, they slowly... <laughs> <laughs> they slowly descend upon they... the cage. <laughs> slow. They they look like you know you ever seen a kid who's afraid of the slide so he wants to turn around and climb back down but then he's afraid of the ladder as well. That's how slow they came down. It, they slowly yeah. drop down. They take some forever to like cut a hole in this cage and drop this rope down. Oh, I through. wish they would have cut. They were like pulling it apart, and the whole time it's cutting the shots cutting from that back to the Undertaker watching like. Okay, cool. And his music just keeps playing. Which is, yeah, which is like great music for walking to the ring, which takes about 30 seconds. But for this like four minute clip, it is monotonous. It's just over and repeating itself because it's only like five notes and him like, (laughs) and Michael Cole is. Just, what are they doing? What are they doing up there? They're putting a rope through there. That's a rope. They've put a rope through the cage. My goodness, it's got a noose on the end. What do you think they're going to do with that noose? What do you do with nooses? Well, they hung him. They murdered him. 
And how they murdered him was by dropping a noose through the cage, and then we cut to Paul Bear. <laughs> he is screaming. He's going full bear on this one too. Like that was yeah, the most that's... his reaction to being able to push the button was probably the most interesting thing of this match and this segment. Like that's, I laughed so fucking hard looking at this fucking Joker. I, I, I do want that meme. We got to put that meme on the Facebook page of him just screaming and hitting that button, which causes the cage to raise. And then, therefore, lift the boss man who has now been hooked up to a noose that is tied to the top of the cage. So the cage starts lifting, starts lifting the boss man off the ground, and they murdered him. The boss man struggles and then blacks out. You can clearly see that he's hooked up to, like, a coat yeah. hanger thing, and it's not really yeah, killing him. Yeah. At the same time, though, if we're trying to suspend our disbelief, this dude just got murdered. In front of everyone, and nobody gives a shit. He got hung. There's yeah. no security coming out there. Like, he is just hanging there lifeless from a noose. And Michael Cole sits there for about 30 seconds, staring at this lifeless body and goes, well, we've had a great time at WrestleMania weekend here in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. Great segue, yeah. Yeah. Just saw something very, that could, saw something that could defend a lot of people. And it's like, well, I've had a great time here. You know, yeah, yeah it's pretty, yeah. Philadelphia's been a great city of brotherly love. Okay. This is a waste of a hell in a cell. Total Big waste. What the fuck, man? Uh, them, I can see why they would want to take out the boss man. But the way they did it was kind of, I, I think, in poor taste. Like, hanging somebody. Because uh, didn't they do that in ECW? Like, they, they hung somebody or... Did, I know they did the... the I think they crucified they, they crucified someone. But just hanging somebody is just like a... I don't know. I think I didn't. I think there was better ways they could have done it. Yeah, um, he wasn't the only person who got hung because Edge got hung up on the way back up. Yeah, <laughs> I love the fact that they like you. Thank God for Ed, poor Edge just just hanging from these wires, just kind of floating around. Well, that's the thing. Uh, and I'm taking this directly from Bruce Pritchard, who made the, an excellent point on his podcast when they talked about this uh, WrestleMania. They when they're dropping down onto the cage. Up in the rafters, there are professionals hooking up to their, hooking them up to their rigs, and they drop down. Then they d- detach themselves from the rig, do the do the spot where they they punch a hole through the cage, and put down the noose, and then they have to go and reattach themselves. And that's not exactly one hundred percent safe. That's that's a liability. Yeah, it's so risky. The, it just felt like this whole segment wasn't really thought out much. I think the idea was there, and that someone just got excited, and like, oh yeah, that they could jump, drop down from the ceiling, and oh yeah, and then oh, oh well, we we can hang them, yeah, yeah we can hang them, and then, oh yeah, and then they'll go back up. Like they could have climbed down, they could have you know celebrated with the Undertaker and walked out of there and been safer. Um, yeah, I mean, why, why didn't you just do that? You know, there's other things they could do. But so Edge is just yeah, Edge's harness doesn't work, so he's just spinning around in the air in circles, looking like a douche. And then Christian's just like, just like three feet, stop, three feet, stop, three feet, yeah. stop. He's hanging there and he's trying to make it look as cool as he possibly can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least they didn't, at least like they took the camera off of him and they just didn't show him just like just swinging around there. It, I would like to have been in like the room when someone pitched this idea. All right. Well, first we, we have two bad guys. Uh, the Undertaker, we like him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big boss man. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we, we, oh, Hell in a Cell. We'll do with that. 
Oh, that's yeah, Taker's thing. Yeah, okay, okay. Cool, cool. At the end of the match, the brood drops from the ceiling because hell, everybody likes Sting, and we've been doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, Vampire powers, yeah. And okay. then they bring a noose. Mm-hmm. A noose, like a no- like a rope to hang him. Hang the in front of everybody in the building. Yeah, the big boss man. This is and then this is not the last match. No. Nope. We're, we're, not, we're not ending the show on this. We're gonna murder somebody. We're just gonna. Yeah, we're gonna and then and then, and then next match. Oh. Oh, all right. <laughs> and tomorrow, the big boss man's gonna wrestle again. Act like nothing ever happened. Nothing happened. He didn't. We didn't hang him. We, we just hung him. We just. It's. It, it was symbolic. <laughs> symbolic. Uh, poor big boss man. And then poor Undertaker too. Like he had to know this was bad. There's no way the Undertaker's like they're like. Oh yeah, this is good. This is great. No. What was good, what was great, was the main event, though. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, like this, like, after that... Well, cluster- that's the segue, sir. Good yeah, job, yes. After that clusterfuck of a murder, we have an excellent main event in The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the first time meeting, and, like, The Rock's been the champion since Survivor Series. The crowd is ready for it, man. Love The Rock's music. The Rock comes out looking great. Stone Cold comes out in a t-shirt, not his vest, because I think he left his vest at home. So, but that, man, the, they just they start off, they just start fighting in the middle of the ring. They kind of like jump the gun, and the crowd is with them from start to finish. You know what? Now that I think about it, a cop getting hanged is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but when we were off air, you were like, oh, man, that's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, now I think about it, you know, you know, I mean, you got to consider history, you know, history of this country. History, um, I don't know. It's not funny, but it's kind of like, goddamn, a cop getting hanged. <laughs> Fuck. It's irony. Irony. Yeah, it's ironic. And symbolic. But still a bad move. Okay. Yeah, all right. But maybe he took up my fancy a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> hey. I don't fucking know. Anyway, yeah, back to the main event. So. Oh, well, do you want to talk about HBK coming out? You said that was one of your favorite parts. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. HBK coming out. Surprise. You know, you got Vince walking down. He's like, he's going to be the referee, blah, blah, blah. Nope, HBK shuts that bullshit down. You know, as it comes in there. And, um, you know, he's commissioner at the time. And it was just fun to see him because, you know, can't have a WrestleMania without HBK. You know what I'm saying? You can't. Yeah. And, like, the crowd the crowd was all about it. They were very excited to see him. So now we have a regular referee instead of a special referee. Uh, Vince McMahon has been kind of kicked out from ringside. And we went through a lot of referees in this match. But it looked awesome. great every time. They, they, this match was. It was great. This is the best match. The best. The best this match. This is so good. This is so. This was worth the wait. I love this match. Yeah, I mean, like the 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 energy and the, the the crowd energy is it really helps this. But man, these guys put on a show. They fought into the crowd, down the aisle. Stone Cold takes that backdrop onto the the lighting system. Yeah. Man, that looked vicious. Ooh, that Good lord, that's. Mm. Um, yeah, this is. I I feel like this match is like underrated as far as their trilogy of main events. Mm-hmm. 
this like this I don't know if they had a better one than this one. This, this was a great match. Yeah. Start to finish, it was there was like there was no lags in like the yeah. in the and I, I there was no like downtime. They weren't there was no like, you know, putting on a chin lock and just waiting for a good ten minutes to catch your breath. These guys were ready to go. Yeah. And, like, they were fighting tooth and nail nah, for thirty minutes. It was it was good. Or sixteen minutes. I, guess, <laughs> I, yeah, I felt like it was thirty. There was fifteen. It, it, there's fifteen minutes of drinking afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was. Yeah, it was. And they, they every like they told a story too. Like like kicking out each other's finishers and shit like that. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, Especially Stone Cold. Like when Rock kicked out of his uh, Rock kicked out the stunner and look on his face like, like what? Who does that? Like like what? What do I do now? <laughs> 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 that's a meme <laughs> what do I do now <laughs> I feel like they do that every every match now though. yeah if not, not as good as stuff alright no it's not at that time it made sense and it yeah. was really cool yeah, you know yeah. uh, cause me like I think the Rock ain't gonna kick out the, the way the Rock sold that shit I don't think it was gonna kick out <laughs> no one sells a stunner like the Rock yeah he took the he took the best stunners just oh, he, yeah, flipping his, flipping yeah he can basically land on his shoulders and push himself back up with his shoulders. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like a reverse Ric Flair, almost. Yeah. Um, what about the chair shot the referee took? I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, that was so – even the referees are taking great bumps during this. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was putting the work for this. All they, hands on deck, man. They were yeah. great. Stone Cold grabs a chair, spins around, about to hit the rock. Ref walks right into it, knocks him out. He he took that he took that yeah. like a champ. He took yeah he so took he eight. gets thrown out of the mm. ring. We get the the bigger referee that we've been seeing all night. He runs in there. Uh, how does he get knocked out? He gets knocked out. Uh, the Rock just rock bottoms him. Yeah yeah blatantly. And then uh, the whole time, uh, Larry the King Lawler is like, it's a no disqualification. Ah! <laughs> uh. Thank, and Jim Ross is back as well for this. Like, oh so, yeah, yeah. So Michael Cole had done the announcing for pretty much the entire. Well, he had done the announcing for the whole show except for the main event. Uh, because of the Bell's palsy, JR hadn't been doing a lot of the commentary, but The Rock and the Stone Cold actually like demanded he be the one calling their match. So that was that's a really cool side note. Like mm-hmm. Jim Ross is like he said he and Reese Book he talks about how nervous he was going out there. He actually threw up before like going out there. Oh, wow, oh, wow. And that's like just Jim Ross, man. I mean like Yeah. So yeah, he this was a big moment for him, and I thought he did a hell of a job calling this match. Um, and the crowd was really behind him, like especially in Philadelphia, you can get booed pretty easily. They like to boo oh, people, yeah. but aren't like, they the ones that beat up Santa Claus or something like that? They booed Santa Claus. Booed Santa Claus. They probably beat him up too. They're mean. Yeah. <laughs> so Santa Claus can get booed out of the building in Philadelphia, right. but Jr. got a standing ovation, which was awesome. Which um, I also like the that this also gave him the opportunity to. to to drop that gimmick of him being a heel and all that that stuff they were doing with him, like they just show the, the guy the respect he deserves, and also this is a great way to take care of him. And I think that's what they were trying to do, but do it in like the worst way possible, which is kind of a common theme in this era, um, because like like you said, because of his illness, he he didn't have you know he would get fatigued and stuff like that. So him calling the main matches makes sense, and it makes this match special. Him calling it because he is such a impressive uh, storyteller. Yeah, thank you. Yes, 
Yeah, it was great. Like ha- having his voice on this was awesome. Like it, the sense of urgency and everything that was happening. Favorite parts of Jim Ross when uh, mankind's coming at it, oh. coming back, and Jim Ross like, "Oh, it's mankind! It's mankind! He's he, he supposed to be in the hospital. He must have checked out or something. <laughs> <laughs> must have checked out yeah, or something." Our third ref, mankind comes out. Yeah. So for those of you who are keeping score at home, if you're getting hung. During uh, Hell in a Cell, no one comes out. If if Steve Austin needs a ref, like three dudes will come out. <laughs> yeah. Right. I don't take that personal, boss man. But your life don't mean much. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't. too soon. Sorry. <laughs> Rachel, are gonna haunt my house now. Mm-hmm. Ah, damn it, Bob. <laughs> damn. Man. I was talking about the character, not the performer. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Uh... So yeah, so referee number three or four is Mick Foley. So he gets to come out and, you know, after winning his match, he gets to actually be the referee. Uh, what, what, now, the second stunner? Was there only two? It's two. It was, two stunners. Two rock bottoms, two stunners. So we get the uh, second stunner. We get the pin. Stone Cold is your champion again, and the crowd is just going apeshit for this guy. He's drinking the beers, the Coors Lights, because they sponsored all the beer at that time. Yeah, Brian Hefner. Yeah, and then like a little, and then a little treat for Earl Hebner. He gets to have a beer and climb the ropes and celebrate. And the crowd's all about it too. And they were like happy that little Earl got like a, a chance there to just drink a beer and celebrate. Yeah, I, I like Earl Hebner is like my favorite ref. Like he, that's who I think of when I think of referees. Like that's my yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Earl or Dave? Oh, you know that's a hard decision. Earl. <laughs> Earl, definitely Earl. But no, yeah, Earl Hebner is definitely like the referee I think of, and like the Fink is the the Fink is the announcer, and yeah, the, uh, there's like the referee, right? Um, so we go off the air with Stone Cold pounding beers, and Mr. McMahon looking like he just had like a, a stroke or something because Stone Cold is his champion again, and he's very upset about it. And Jerry Lawler's, oh, Mr. McMahon, no, no, are you okay? Ah, ah, ah. Um, an excellent WrestleMania and that main event, like you got to go back and watch that main event if you haven't seen it in a while. I think it's criminally underrated. I agree. I agree. So, any other final comments for WrestleMania 15, guys? Yeah. Um, if you plan on putting on like a big event, like a wrestling event or whatever, or some type of just um, sports entertainment event, don't don't hang people. <laughs> I think that's a t-shirt. No. <laughs> no nooses. No nooses. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Alex Ketchum. And Bob Wick. Jake Russell. We'll be going for the leg. Hold up now. Before you go, we here at the WrestleManiacs podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions. So we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at GabberMedia.com. See you guys next time.